brought to you by RunToGold.com, the premier source for monetary science applied to geopolitical, international, and economic financial news and events. Welcome back to the 49th episode of the RunToGold.com podcast. We're going to be discussing the principles of provident living. Okay, welcome back to RunToGold.com, and I'm going to be giving a little bit of a lesson on some provident living principles. See, I'm often asked uh, when talking about the Great Credit Contraction, uh, what should I do? Because, I mean, it can be scary. We're talking about the worldwide monetary system collapsing. So, you know, what, what should people do? And me personally, I'm pretty uh, risk-averse. I don't like debt. Uh, I like my personal, my financial freedom. And so I have my own uh, risk tolerances, you could say, that might be different from other people's. And I have a particular type of lifestyle that I've designed that I that I like to keep. And so, uh, you know, this isn't an issue of whether a certain type of lifestyle is better than a certain other. It's just that uh, this is what I personally like and how I've designed my own, and so I'd like to approach it from uh, that perspective. And so in designing one's lifestyle, uh, it's really about being able to do what you want, when you want, where you want, and with whom you want. I personally, uh, I don't think I'd get very much out of being a proctologist and waking up every day. I just, I don't like blood, and I just, I don't think I'd enjoy that on a daily basis. And so uh, for me, you know, I like writing about and learning about financial and economic matters, but everybody's got their own utility. So taking that in mind, how can one build a solid, safe uh, financial castle in order to uh, live the type of lifestyle that they've designed? Well, you can use Google Documents uh, to keep your spreadsheets. And your spreadsheet can contain your financial statements. And so here I've got some of the vital signs for uh, measuring your financial health. And so we have here just a real quick little basic balance sheet. And you can come in and uh, you could edit the different, the different assets or whatever that you have. Now we need to distinguish between current and long term. Uh, for companies, current is usually a year or less, whereas long-term or more than a year. But for individuals, most of us operate on a monthly basis, a monthly cell phone bill, monthly rent or mortgage, etc. So I like to look at current assets as maybe one month or three months or six months, you know, something shorter than a year, uh, just to... To, because we're using this current ratio, which is your current assets uh, divided by your current liabilities. Uh, we're using this to determine one's liquidity. This is one's solvency. When most people say, I'm broke, it's because they're, uh, they don't have solvency. And so we're, we calculate this current ratio by uh, dividing the current assets by the current liabilities. And see, I, I have a formula in there, so it does it automatically. If I double accounts payable, it'll cut the ratio in half. Now, the other ratio we have would be uh, net worth. Now, that's real simple. It's assets minus liabilities. 
equals equity. And that's pretty much saying how much you're worth. Now that's a difficult thing during the great credit contraction because we've talked about illusory liquidity and things like that. And so uh, really cash flow is king during deflation. And as capital moves down the liquidity pyramid, you're going to want to make sure that you, you have cash and uh, that you're solvent, that you have a good current ratio. Now, the other thing is your debt to equity. This shows uh, pretty much how much your net worth is, uh, is compared to your debt. So you take your liabilities and you divide it by your equity, and that'll give you your uh, debt to equity ratio and me personally I don't I usually don't have very much debt so I like to keep a current ratio greater than 10 and a debt to equity ratio less than 10% uh, but for these purposes we just had a thousand in there now this is where I get kind of unique you look at your income statement and you've got your income and your expenses every month. So maybe you have a job, uh, etc. Now the job is earned income. So that's income where you have to work. Whereas passive or residual income is income that comes in where you don't necessarily have to put any time into it, such as dividends or rent payments. So what I like to do is I like to look at my total uh, income and you take your income minus your expenses to get your net income or your cash flow every month. And then I actually like to take out my earned income and look at just the passive income. And so what I do with that is I look at how much I spend every month and I compare that with my, my income and I'll get, say, a net income or a net loss in terms of cash flow when looking at it from a passive uh, standpoint. Now the purpose of this is because who knows you might get sick or incapacitated, you might be in a car wreck, you might want to travel around the world for six months or you might want to go uh, volunteer at an orphanage. Who knows what it is but being able to have that time freedom is another very important thing because time plus money equals lifestyle. You know if you're working a hundred hours a week as a proctologist you don't necessarily have very much time to enjoy all of that money that you that you earn. Whereas if you have passive income, uh, then you might have more time to be able to enjoy what you want to enjoy. And so I, I do that. I, I separate out the passive income, and then I'll divide my net worth by my net passive cash flow. And I usually take the absolute value of that, and that'll give me how many months I can maintain my current standard of living without working. So if I were to be incapacitated or something like that, I would still have income coming in. And that shows me how many months I have where I can enjoy my current lifestyle without any additional uh, earned income. And so that, that, shows, that is, kind of merges my net worth and my current ratio into one so that I can see exactly where I'm at. So if I want to retire for six months or a year or a year and a half, uh, I would use that to determine that. And then you can take many retirements and it's a new way of looking at life or paradigms instead of, you know, working 60 hours a week for 
uh, 40 years. Instead, you might work six months, then you might take three months off to go do something uh, that you enjoy, or, or maybe you only work six hours a day. Um, anyways, it's all about lifestyle design. Everybody's got their own thing that they want to do. Uh, but this, these are some of the metrics I like to use to look at my vital signs uh, for measuring my financial health. And I hope you found this helpful. And, of course, uh, go read the entire article at rundgold.com called Provident Living Principles. And if you uh, scroll down to the bottom, there's the search bar. So you'll be able to search and uh, find the article that's got a whole bunch of helpful things in here. So thank you, and talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the 49th episode of the rundgold.com podcast. You've been listening to the RunToGold.com podcast, the premier source for applied monetary science on the web.